Hello and welcome to or welcome back to a runner's life podcast. I'm the host Marcus Brown. I've gone from a 455 marathon down to running a sub three hour marathon. The idea of this podcast is to explore what a runner's life is by speaking to runners and experts to learn from their experiences and to expand on our own boundaries of what a runner's life could represent. If you want to get updates on the podcast or want to see what I'm up to, follow me on Instagram at a runner's life underscore podcast and at the marathon Marcus, all one word. If you find value in the show, please subscribe and share it with your community and leave a rating on your podcast platform that you use as it helps the podcast grow. If you want to support my work directly, you can become a member on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash a runner's life. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's head to the conversation. Today's guest is a DJ, musician, poet, father, speaker, mentor, yogi, community leader and founder of Random Crew. But to me, today's guest has been a positive influence in my running journey. I remember seeing this particular guest cheering me on at the 2016 New York City Marathon and thinking, how the hell does he know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) And then from then, we've had some great conversations and you've been an amazing supporter for my marathon and running journey. And also never underestimate the power of sending someone a voice note to lift someone's spirit pre-race. Charlie, welcome to a Runner's Life podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Marcus. It's really good to be here been a big fan of what you've been doing and I'm so grateful for you to come on the podcast I know you don't do a lot of podcasts because your time is pretty uh, pretty busy at the minute, so. <laughs> I try not do um as many as as I get asked you know it's too everyone's got a podcast there's so many podcasts now but um you're special you're family so we make Thank exceptions you. for you <laughs> I, I think 2020 has been the year of just like podcasting isn't it when there's been a lot more mine included so <laughs> I can't yeah. say for too much yeah but, um, so this, so go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, you know, we we love what you're doing. But let's get into the conversation. Let's get it. <laughs> this podcast is called A Runner's Life. So what does A Runner's Life mean to you? And that is the reason why I agreed to do this podcast, because I knew you were going to ask me some interesting questions. Um, I would say that A Runner's Life to me means a 360 life. It means looking at running and seeing how running can inform your life and how life can inform your running it's not something that you stop your life for it's just part of your life that's what it means to me i think that's beautifully said because it is just a part of who you are and it's not just that but it's a part of it influences other things and other things influence it yes well, so. yes i mean i i think when i first started running one of the big things that really struck me was this idea that for people who were coming at running from a crew angle, from a kind of run crew angle, they were people who looked forward to the run. You know, that was one of the reasons why it was, you know, we were running at night because we were looking forward to the run. Whereas we were kind of entering a, a field at the time where it was, it was almost like people were dreading the run, get it over as done as quickly as possible and then move on with life, you know, so... I mean, like for me, when I think about running as well, sometimes I think people may look at my stuff that I'm doing and think this is about times or whatever. But for me, it's deeper than times. You've got to enjoy it because if it was just about 
trying to run a certain time, that wouldn't really be enough motivation or a big enough why to get out of bed. And I really like that sort of thing. Like it does influence life. And so many lessons I've learned from running like apply into my life as well. Most definitely. Most definitely. So I think this it definitely intertwines. And as a DJ, what sort of song or lyric do you think represents 2020 for you? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is such a good question. The song that wrote... Um, wow. I'd probably... Um, immediate thing that comes to mind is the Dead Press song, It's Bigger Than Hip Hop. Yeah. Because I think that song really breaks down how it's not just about the music. And I think this year is one of those years where it's really shown you it's not about what you know. Anything can happen. Be prepared for the unexpected. Stay ready. And I think that song really encapsulates that feeling for me. It's a great album as well. I mean, I remember listening to that quite a lot um, yeah. when, it, when it came out, but um, I need to yeah. probably have a listen to it again. There's probably some bits I'll probably take from it now, actually listening to that song again. Yeah, it's it's really weird, actually, because through my work with Lululemon, I've kind of developed this relationship and this friendship with Stick from Dead Prez, you know, who's one of the people behind that song. And we're kind of firm friends now. And he's a big runner. And so it's really funny kind of going on runs with him and just thinking, man, I used to like bug out to your album in my bedroom like years and years ago. And here I am running with you. And we're not even talking about music. We're talking about cadence and pace and kind of, you know, the holistic benefits of running and all this other stuff. It's, it's so weird. <laughs> I was going to say that because I, I, I've obviously seen it on your profile that you've met him and obviously you know him. And yeah, I mean, that's such a cool sort of to sort of develop that relationship and then obviously know that you've got so much more in common as well with running in other parts of your life. Yeah, definitely. I, I would say running has definitely opened some doors that I never thought would be open to me. And it's fostered some many relationships around the world with people who I never expected to meet. So it's been really brilliant, you know, in that, in that side of things. It's funny because I asked you the question, but I'm going to tell you my answer to that as well. Um, there's an artist called Jadena, and he's yes. got the song called Long Live the Chief. And he's got this yeah. line that goes, you can either sink, swim, or be the captain. And literally, yeah. that was just been like my mantra. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, was that the Boston mantra as it was, yeah, as you were soaked yeah. to your skin? I wish I had it at the Boston time, but I was <laughs> using it before for like this year's um, a race at Dorney Lake. And I just remembered yeah. the last two laps. I was like, man... I was like, you can just repeat it in my head. I was just like, that helped. That was just one of the matches that got me through. And just, I think yeah. this makes you feel empowered to focus on what you can control rather than what you can't control. Yeah, most definitely. I think it's really important when people go out running that they approach it, approach it with a non-passive mindset. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I feel like if you kind of attack the run or, you know, just are more in tune with the run than kind of just shuffling along, you know, I think the run can be more exciting, beneficial, you know, can uncover new layers to yourself and so on and so forth. And that really applies to life as well. Yeah, I think it's kind of if you just allow yourself to float along in life, you know, hoping that things will happen for you. I, I, I don't think that that necessarily works. I think you have to, particularly if the cards are stacked against you, I think you have to go out there and actually, you know, manifest and go after what you know the dreams that you have which yeah. is what you've managed to do with this you know the sub free journey which is amazing to me yeah it's been an amazing journey and i think it's only when you look back at it you can sort of say 
like I'm grateful for all those experiences of getting closer and getting closer and then finally making it happen and but like once you achieve it that's not the end goal I mean that's not like now I've done sub three and put my, my feet up and <laughs> running is done type thing no definitely not still an important part of who I am no I think you've still got some um pretty amazing things to happen for you in the running world yeah I definitely do I mean, we spoke about in different conversations. So, and uh, yeah, speaking to you has definitely inspired me or made me think about things in, in a different way. So, and I appreciate those sort of conversations as well. Well, I think, you know, one of my big things when I started Run Them was this is about inspiring people. This is about bringing people together. This is about creating a space that inspires people to believe that they can achieve the impossible. So, mm-hmm. when I, when you do well, I do well. Run them does well. It's kind of, you know, that's why I love coming out to see you race because, and when obviously each year I have to get up a bit earlier now to catch you, but, um, (laughs) you know, I think it's a really beautiful story. And if I had to, if someone had to ask me what your 10 run them memories, I think watching your journey would definitely be one of them because it's kind of, that's what we set out to, to achieve was to make situations like that happen because they're important. No, I appreciate it. And with your time being pulled in so many different directions, you know, I've always been appreciative, obviously, of the time that we've had to, to catch up and get get advice. And the way it is is with life is like, sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. And then yeah. like sometimes things you said to me, and it's like, it seems so simple, but until you, sometimes until it's explained to you, simply you just don't know until you know. Exactly. You know, I and I think it's really important that we pass the the knowledge down. Yeah, Run Them has always been open source. We've always been willing to share what we do with other people because you know that's that's our purpose. Yeah, and the same applies to me really because no one comes to this earth knowing everything. You know, no one drops someone in an island and they learn to walk and fend for themselves. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, most definitely. It's like you talk for someone else. So I think it's almost keeping well. It's almost like all of our responsibilities are really to pass on what we know. Um, yeah. It would be selfish to keep it all to ourselves. Yeah, I mean, definitely, that's something that I take, you know, being a, a DJ and, uh, you know, record curator, as opposed to a collector, it's kind of, I have a massive record collection, but it's important for me that I get to share it with people. Yeah. It's not just kind of rare records sitting in my house gathering dust that only I get to hear. I want to talk to you about the music because that's a really interesting point at where you're heading right now I mean it's obviously not a surprise to you because obviously it's been a big part of your life but I want to part that for one second and come back to it what is one important skill that you think everybody should have the ability to pivot I think is really important to be malleable the, the, the ability to go around obstacles is really really important and the ability to look inwards and have a real understanding of how you do what you do so that you can pass that on to others. So it's like, yes, like knowing yourself, but obviously not being fixed, completely rigid where you're just like fighting at something all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that I've learned in my running kind of journey and running a crew is that runners are quite stubborn. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's quite an, you know, once you can go from I can't run to I've just run a marathon in 16 weeks. So, therefore, it's why do I need to stretch? Why do I need to meditate? Why do I need to do strength training? Why do I need to do all this other stuff? And 
you know, one of the big things I I remember is you go from running in a crew of people, say 30 people, and then you go and run London and there's 45,000 people. And now you're having to go round people and weave through people and, and you've never really practiced that before. Yeah. And that was just a real moment for me where I was just like, you know what, you have to actually learn how to be flexible. Yeah. And um, I think this is a year of flexibility. And I think people who, who have thrived are people who have been able to pivot I think people who've kind of really found it hard are people who kind of who are quite set in their ways yeah and are waiting for things to return back to to a normal that I don't feel is ever going to come back yeah I totally agree with you and I think what you said kind of summarizes my sort of feelings was this year supposed to run London and then you know obviously for the right reasons it didn't happen yeah for the masses and yeah there's that period of just like mourning almost because you're just like what is next but then i had to pivot and then move to something else yes and think about why am i actually running i'm not running for medals or if there's no races does that mean i'm not going to run again so exactly exactly and i think if you can get through that like it, it really sets you up for you know the future years i mean i, I agree i don't think things will be back as, as they were before and it's almost a bit of a shame really because when i think about like like new york and london and, and yeah. what those events mean with the crowd and how important they are. Yeah. I mean, what will it look like moving forward? Well, I think it's, you know, it's the races are going to change and the way races look are going to change and the way that people participate in races is going to change. But I think that's actually a good thing because I think it needs, it needed a, a remix. And yeah. often what happens is people are very afraid to touch the formula until it starts to go wrong and then yeah. they're forced to. Because, you know, we've run, you know, loads of big city races, some of them are amazing, and some of them are not, but we still do them. So I think actually it's, it's what's happened this year is going to force everyone to raise their standards and be more yeah. open to new ideas. I agree. And a, f a phrase that frustrates me is like when we go back to the old normal, and I was like, what was so good about the, the old normal? I mean, yeah. like... <laughs> Exactly. Like for example, like this year, I've been able to spend more time with my kids. Yeah. So, like, yes, it's a health concern and things like that, but there are some positives as well. Yeah, definitely. I think there are lots of positives that have come out of this year, but um, it's very easy to get caught in the narrative of this has been a terrible year, it's been really bad, and so on and so forth. And obviously, financially, it's been tough, and mentally, yeah. it's been tough. But, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel as long as you keep walk walking towards it. Yeah. And especially this year, I mean, about the Black Lives Matter sort of movement, and that's been obviously the current version of it. I mean, it's been ongoing for a while. Yeah. And it's only recently where I picked up the book by Obama, and I was reading that and about his presidency, and I've still not finished it yet. By the time this goes out, I'll probably have finished it. But it's just really interesting to sort of hear his experiences of being the first black president, yeah, and how yeah, he had yeah. to negotiate just know speaking for what is right but then trying to make sure that you've got everyone united behind the cause yes yes i, I almost wish i would have read that book before <laughs> this year and really reacted because i think he's got such a level way of looking at it yeah i mean i i think that people don't realize what, how hard it can be when you are a pioneer and yeah. when you're the first and when you're the only one in the space um there's a tremendous amount of pressure on you to succeed and you're not given the time to make mistakes and you have to bring your a1 game at all times you know it's, it can be quite mentally taxing 
<laughs> it feels like you're pushing a very large stone up a very steep hill on a very, very rainy day. Yeah, like every, most days, every yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I've got so much more respect. I mean, I respect for them before, but I've got so much more respect for them now reading it. And I think when you listen to people like saying, should have done this or could have done that, and you listen to like just the processes and the, the impact on his family, it's just incredible. So um, yeah, uh, yeah, I just advise anyone to read that regardless of whatever your political uh, persuasions are. It's just a good insight. Anyhow, back to you. Using one word, how would your friend describe you and how would you describe yourself? So one word each. <laughs> one word that my friends would describe me. Um, probably driven. And I would describe myself as weird. <laughs> left, of cent- <laughs> left of center is how I definitely describe myself. That's a good thing, though. Yeah, 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 that is. But it's taken me a very long time to embrace that. But um, I actually quite um, enjoy it now. Yeah, the, being slightly eccentric is um, is quite a good thing. When you sort of say weird, I mean, I think that's a good thing, really. I mean, because it, it, it can sort of come across as having negative connotations to some people, but I think yeah. there's some positives to it. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. But I think, you know, you and I both know what it's like when you are growing up and you're not conforming to any of the boxes that the world is trying to put you into so you feel like you don't fit anywhere yeah you know so um but as i said it's t- it took me a long time to embrace the fact that i'm actually maybe the way my mind thinks is slightly different and the way that i execute things is slightly different but that's okay you know yeah yeah and no, i agree and you've reached the milestone birthday recently <laughs> yeah <laughs> Happy 50th, obviously, that's like a month or so ago. Yep. I mean, what sort of things are you reflecting on at this stage of your life? One of the things I'm reflecting on is my body and what it's going to be able to do going forward. And how, you know, I may have to start adapting what I do now. That's one thing. And I guess just kind of looking back on life, kind of looking at the peaks and the troughs, and the high points and the low points, kind of doing like a life audit, which I advise everyone to do. And what I think happens when you get to my age is you suddenly realise that this life you've been aspiring to have is actually happening. So you have to actually take time to enjoy it. And that's kind of been, you know, a big, a big wake up for me. Because you can often just be putting your foot on the gas, putting your foot on the gas, putting your foot on the gas, and not actually realising that you've actually reached the finish line of that particular project. And now it's time for you to, you know, to try something else or to enjoy the fact that, you know, you've always wanted to have a studio, you've got a studio, you've got, you know, all the stuff you want, you wanted a record collection, you've got it. It's kind of all this stuff you've been, you know, trying to aspire to is kind of achieved. I guess it's like when is enough, though? Yeah. external stuff yeah. or just professional yeah well i think one of the things i always you know like i mentor loads of young people in various different places one of the things i always say to them is how much is enough how much money is enough because i think that we are sold this idea that being a millionaire is the aspirational thing that we should all strive to try and achieve when actually you know maybe we don't actually need that 
and you know we could do with less and that would allow us more time to do xyz in other areas yeah and i guess it's the same as clothes really it's like you can buy you could have like 20 pairs of jordans but do you need 20 pairs well you know, unfortunately as a man that fell victim to that scam <laughs> and has a very large trainer collection yes you most definitely do not there's nothing like taking a pair of jordans that you've kept for 20 years out of a box to wear <laughs> to some shishi party and they fall apart in your hands <laughs> that's happened to me <laughs> I know. on more oh, than no. one occasion oh, no. yeah but sometimes you look at this stuff and you're just thinking i know it's the first world problem but you do catch yourself thinking I've got too much stuff than I need. Right? Yeah, but I think that's because we are taught that you are your self-worth is defined by what you have. And so we are, you know, we are pushed into striving to that into that from a very young age. So, you know, it's in some ways it's not our fault because that's what society is telling us and promoting to us at every available opportunity. Yeah. And something I'd be thinking about as well during lockdown, like for example, was say I'd wear my running watch to work or something like that. And yeah. you know, it's almost like that subconscious thing, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a runner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and obviously now you're at home, you're in your Jack Jones, so like no one can see anyways. Or if you yeah. go out, <laughs> people at a distance, so they may be squinting. It's like, is that? I don't know. Yeah. Anyhow, but it's just like made me think like, does it? Is it really that important? So it's almost like trying to identify the aspects of my myself that are not a runner yeah if that makes sense. i've been trying to focus more on that than yeah. trying to be like this with my new york t-shirt or whatever <laughs> well i think it you know it the thing about running it, it's quite a seductive sport particularly when you start to do well in it and when you started off at a place you know where you're running say you know the five-hour marathon and then you start you know you over the years you start chipping it down and then you start getting into the sub three and a half and then you you know, get into that magical 3.15 and below and three hours and below. That's quite a seductive thing, trap to fall into. And what I think what happens is you then start thinking, I'm the runner guy, you know, that's, you know, running defines who I am. The better I do in these races, the better I am as a human. And and then you start getting referred to as the runner guy. I'm sure there are people who meet you and they're like, yo, Marathon Marcus. And you're like, yo, my name is just Marcus. You don't have to call me Marathon Marcus today. And um, I think something that I've definitely realised is when you allow the running to take and the performance to take over your life, you're stepping into some dangerous territory. And so balance is really important to um, to keep. And that's why I always say to people now is, you know, yes, run, but have some other sport that you do as well or some other movement practice or some other thing that you do that you that balances you out i find the djing and the running balances me out and that's something i've really um kind of rediscovered this year yeah and even at a higher level you look at someone like lewis hamilton F, like on paper the greatest f1 driver of all time yeah. and even he's still making sure that he's got other things that, on the side not on the side but to, to move into yeah beyond f1 yeah so he's not just an f1 driver when eventually stops stops racing yeah but the thing is i think that people don't necessarily like it when you have got multiple interests because then you're harder to categorize so it's easier when you know when they just think of you oh he's the runner guy he's the racing driver he's the dj you know 
he's the run them crew guy, as opposed to these are just people that have interest in lots of different fields. But do you think that's due to their own insecurities as well? That they're sort of projecting something on, onto you? I, do, I think, again, I think it, this society tells you that you're supposed to do one thing. Yeah. It's, you know, your, your dad worked in a certain place and he worked there for 50 years and then they gave him a gold watch. That's the route that you need to do. Like these maverick guys who are like, one minute they're doing this, one minute they're doing that. It's kind of, you know, you're always told, master of many, master of none, or whatever the quote is. And, yeah. you know, definitely I always felt I had to explain why I was doing lots of different things in different fields. And now I'm just kind of like, that's just what I do. It's Charlie Dark. He just wakes up and does whatever he wants to do on that day. Do you know you? Just do you, basically. Just do you. You know, I mean, from definitely from yoga, what I've learned is, you. I spent so many years kind of being afraid to step onto the yoga mat because I was afraid of what other people in the class would think of me. And actually, when you start going deeper into yoga, you realise everyone's too busy trying to not fall over themselves to worry about what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know, so true. That is but so it's true. you know, you know, ego is a. Uh, tremendous um it's a tremendous thing weapon barrier nitro boost it can do many things yeah all those things and so much more yeah talking of pivoting this year has obviously been quite challenging for the various for the obvious reasons and the direction of obviously rundown has changed a little bit and you've launched something new can you sort of tell us a little bit about rundown radio yeah, so this year we launched Run Them Radio, which is an internet radio and podcast studio. Um, and it's something that we've actually been working on since 2012. But none of the people that we worked with at the time really thought that it was a viable option to go into. And last year, around this time, kind of the idea came up again. And I just started thinking, you know what? Why not? Because again... I was, I was getting into this point where it was like, I don't want to just be the Rundown Crew guy. This is one of the reasons why I don't. There are lots of podcasts that I don't really do because often what will happen is I go in and then people just want to ask me about how did you start Rundown? And, and it's just a, a Rundown Crew-centered conversation. Whereas I didn't start Rundown Crew to 2006. I started DJing in 1983. I've had this whole other life before I you know, ever started running. And there's all this other stuff that I do alongside the running. So um, with the radio, it was kind of like, okay, so this is a chance for us to basically um, tell a different si- another side of our story and in some ways return back to the roots of what where Run Them Crew came from, which is from the music industry. So um, we basically taught ourselves how to run a radio station. <laughs> and now we have one. And we broadcast um, every weekend, and it's you know it yeah it's it's pretty ama- it's been you know it's been pr- a pretty amazing journey, um, and you know the best feedback we've had is that you know people are going out to their runs and listening to the station as they run, and that's amazing. You know that's just that ties it all back together. That's brilliant. It's funny, like you say, how things go full circle, and I guess it's like you, you take that time with the life audit, just question what you're doing and does it tie into your values and this is like come back to like you said what you are about anyways yeah i mean i i came from the music industry and i started run them because my friends in the music industry needed help with their with their health and run them was a way of providing a space for people to kind of 
exercise together, train together, network together and, you know, be the best that they could be by helping each other. And I felt kind of that over the years, that kind of mission had been sidetracked. Yeah. And so having run in radio allows, you know, allows us to kind of return back to the roots and also to have something that we own, you know, that we run that sits outside of our other commitments and relationships. So it's been really good. Because I was going to ask about what you sort of see it growing into, but I guess you've sort of answered it there. Because I guess in the moment you're kind of making it happen now, but then there's like a long-term leg- sort of legacy. Yeah, here, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we've got you know a record label planned and um, you know an artist management um, service that we're kind of creating and a school and a youth centre and a whole heap of things. You know, it's kind of the amazing thing is when you have a space it allows you to be flexible in how you use it. And it just allows us to have the conversations and to build relationships that you can't do when you have these, you know, brand relationships where you're kind of taking ideas to someone and they're like, well, we're not ready to do that yet. So you have to park that idea. So this allows us to, again, to have balance. And I know people have spoken about generally about having a seat at the table, but I guess it's like, then it's just about making things happen. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest problems we have now is because of Instagram and social media, people have, are getting this really warped sense about how you bring an idea to life because you're seeing people who start an idea and immediately they've got brand association and that's opening certain doors for them. So people have this idea, well, if I have an idea and I don't have brand association, then it's not a good idea. People have also got this idea that if I have an idea and I don't have brand association, then I can't bring this idea to life. As someone who's been in this game for a very, very long time and worked with various brands across multiple different fields, what I do know is the biggest way of convincing someone to support what you do is to start it without their help and prove that it works. Yeah. And so I've had numerous frustrating conversations with people around running and music because I'm, you know, there's this idea that, well, the harder, the faster the music, the more pounding the music, the more better you perform. Scientifically, that may be the case. But for the people I'm trying to reach, it's got to be a good song first. And so by having my own radio station, I can prove that actually you can run to most F, you can run to you know, a house record, you can run to a drum and bass record, you can run to classical music, you can run to anything because we're just going to start soundtracking your, you know, your daily exercise needs. It's just making it happen, really, because I think sometimes there can be so many, if this is in place, then I'll make this happen. Then if this is in place, yeah, I mean, there's never going to be a perfect time. And you're saying like, like this podcast is an example. I mean, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a professional asking questions, but I just like asking people questions about running and life yeah and it's just like making it happen so it's just interesting yeah to sort of yeah relate that to what you've just said there well I came from an era when there was no such thing as brand support so you had to make things happen yourself and so that's always been my ethos and I and I and one thing I do know is that a lot of times when you do have brand support the creative process then starts to slow down because you're working to someone else's timetable you know so and brands are huge ocean liners that take a long time to turn. So, so yeah. you know, if you really want to get something done moving quickly and fast, you've got to do it yourself. 
Yeah. And there's so many sort of things around it. And I think people would also assume that because of your profile that things would be easier. But then sometimes you think they're not. Because I remember in a post recently you put back, it's like, I think sometimes people forget your value and you have to remind people of what your value is. Yeah, most definitely. Definitely. Especially when you run a, you know, when you run an organization as big as run them, people just think that these things just magically happen because you, you know, you've done it, I guess, you know, sometimes maybe I make it seem like it's easy when actually it's really hard. And I think when you're responsible for any group of people, they often can forget that you actually need just as much support as, as you know, that you give them. Not many people call me during lockdown <laughs> to find out how I am, but I call a lot of people. And so talking about taking that line, I mean, like, who are your people that you, I mean, you probably can't name them, but I guess you've got people that you look up to and who are your mentors. I mean, what kind of advice have they given you during this year to kind of manage? I'm also without naming the person or yeah. specific conversations. Well, I've, I've got, an, you know, a number of different mentors of different ages from different walks of life who I like to kind of surround myself with. And the main thing I would say is the biggest advice that I've got from this year, from all everyone, has been, you're Charlie Dark. You have to remember that. So go and do it. Because a lot of times I think what happens is, and it's a very UK thing, is like we, we downplay our, you know, our achievements and our significance and, and so on and so forth because we're taught to be humble. Yeah. And actually what, you know, you find is sometimes being humble doesn't help your end goal you know so you know I often will sit in meetings and people are like oh and this is Charlie Dark and you know he's like one of the you know important people in the renaissance of running and you're sitting there being like ah oh, come on guys you're too kind but then when I actually think back to kind of when we first started run them when there were no crews you know in UK or in Europe you know and we started and then you know Passa started and then Berlin Braves and all these other people was actually yeah we did kickstart something you know so um and it's important to to remember that you know because um the type of conversations and the kind of change that i would like to see you can't have unless you you know you go in there with your head held high i was speaking to recently a former olympian and she said something similar and it was moving the dress sense and things like that and it's just like there's almost like this fear like you said like of trying to be something you're not to, to yeah and you sort of downplay yourself to yeah to for other people's approval yeah i mean there's always going to be people who don't like what you do yeah you know there's always going to be people who've got something to say about what you do there's always going to be jealousy there's always going to be people who think it should be you know that you should do it in a certain way and one of the biggest things that i've had to remember this year is i didn't start run them crew so that i could be part of the running industry it was set up as an alternative and i think often what happens is you see that you know there's a hole or you're not being catered for or you you know you're not being represented and so you start something you know for your people for the people who were kind of being forgotten and then the industry that had forgotten you previously then starts to court you and then you get really excited about the fact that, yo, man, you know, it's, I can't believe it. Blah, 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 got in touch with me. Man, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden your project starts changing because you're now catering to this world that didn't previously want you in the first place. Yeah. And so that was another reason why, you know, setting up the radio station was just kind of like, yeah, we're a run crew that's not running at the moment because of COVID. So what else are we going to do? 
well, we're all DJs and they're creators in this crew. You know what? Let's get a studio. Let's start a radio station. Everyone's like, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's not what running, you know, clubs, running crew does. Like, well, that's what Run Them does. Yeah. And so actually being brave enough to just stay out on the limb is, yeah. um, is really important to me. And um, yeah. I think with all the noise, it's so important. Like you said, we just touch upon there. It's like being mindful of not losing yourself, what you stand for. Exactly. You know, it's kind of even like if I look at BLM and that whole movement and, you know, this, because literally it was like George Floyd died and then my phone started ringing and didn't stop ringing for four months. It was just every day it was some, someone else asking for advice, help, you know, strategy, you know, connections, you know. It was kind of, it was really overwhelming. And then what's worse is then when you start getting contacted by people who are just trying to fight the fire you know so they just need you to fight the fire for them and then actually you realize no we can't do this so me coming out and saying listen you know if you are not down with you know the BLM movement and you're not making steps to bring diversity into what you do we as a random crew we don't want to mess with you anymore we don't want to have a relationship with you we're not talking to you done everyone's like saying to you you can't do that I'm like yes we can because actually I don't want to sit in these meetings where I'm wasting time having conversations about things that are really important with people who don't really want to change. That's a waste of our time. So let's just from the offset say, we're not going to work with you. And then that sets our line out in the sand. It's been such a weird year. And I can imagine more so in your position, you get people coming up to you and going, what's this and what's that? And you, in the back of your mind, I'm putting your words in your mouth here. You're like, I'm not the voice for all black people. I'm just only <laughs> telling my experience. Exactly. I'm definitely not the voice for, for all black people because the black experience is vast, wide, deep and complex. It's not something that you can learn about just by reading one book, you know, and or by having one conversation. You have to really immerse yourself, you know, in that world to really try and have an understanding of it. And this is really interesting because I think that what people don't understand is like, when you're black and you go into a field where you are an anomaly, where you are the only one, where you are the pioneer, where you're the new person, you do your research, you know? And I know that when I started running, it's like I read every book that I could. I watched every. I really wanted to absorb the world because I, you know, I didn't want to come across as a fraud. And it's, it's interesting when it's the other way around. It's kind of people are kind of tentatively putting their foot into the pool of knowledge and then taking it out because the water's too cold. You've got to throw yourself in and immerse yourself and have those uncomfortable conversations. Unfortunately, in, you know, particularly in the UK, people don't want to have the uncomfortable conversations. So, you know, things take longer to change, if at all. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. And I think it's still a process at the moment. And I'll go back to the Obama book, but like listening to what he said without giving it away, it really makes me think actually about how what the best next steps are and where the direction of this movement will go to the next steps and obviously this is way beyond the conversation and i could mm. go down a rabbit hole so i'm mindful not to kind of go there but um, <laughs> it's probably a conversation i'll have with you offline anyway yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i think you know if i look at the running world yeah i think that actually it's been really interesting seeing its reaction to the events of this year you know, and um, what I've just realised, I'm like, okay, 
I've been running Runlim Crew for 14 years now. We're still, there are certain things that we're still talk, having to talk about. We're still fighting for. When actually, you know, I should just put my own race on. And then I can just have, the, you know, the diversity that I crave. Yeah. You know, it's kind of rather than basically waiting for a company, you know, for the mag- a magazine, for example, to bring more diversity to its cover and within its pages, I just start my own one. And so Run Them Radio really was kind of like, okay, let's see if we can do this. Because if we can do this, then the other stuff is easy. You know, so that's my, you know, my theory now. I kind of like, I, I can't, because there is so much reluctance and there's so much unwillingness to actually realise that there is a problem. And there's so much unwillingness to actually listen to the people who've actually got the knowledge of how this, these, you know, the problems that the running industry faces can be helped, that it's a, it's a conversation that's pointless. There's no point. There's no point in having it. You know, from my point of view, I'm like, I, you know, I'm just, I'm like, okay, that world is doing that over there. We're going to go and do this over here. Because I think also the thing about a run crew is we were originally a force in running that informed where running was going. And so that's one thing that's really important to me is kind of like, don't waste time having conversations about things that have been going on for years when you could be informing a brand new conversation. You know what I mean? It's like, I just think it's probably the right time for this to happen, really, because obviously, like you said, it's not something that's just come out just now. No. Obviously, the timing, whatever, it's been something that's thought about. And I guess that this year was the right time for it to come out. Yeah, because I think the world has been a pressure point, has been boiling at pressure point for a very long time. So it's inevitable. If it didn't come out this year, it would, it would come out at some point because people are kind of, you know, people have just had enough. And, I, yeah. you know, I think, it, you know, if there have been definitely some improvements as a result of the conversations that have been had, and, I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to, particularly next year, to seeing, you know, how the initiatives that have been put into place this year, how they continue to evolve and grow. Yeah, the same here. It's it's going to be an interesting journey, and especially just for the future generations as well. Yeah, and I've been mindful really of just not speaking too much about Run Dem and yeah. music because I appreciate you know you've been asked a lot of the same questions <laughs> yeah. over and over again. Or what is the future of running, Charlie? <laughs> 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 you like yeah. okay, whatever. But like, if you were interviewing yourself, yes, what question would you ask yourself? Oh wow! What with regards to Run Dem? Anything. Wow, that's a really good question. I would have said a few weeks ago would have been, what is your purpose? But I've kind of sussed that out now. I think around my, on my 50th birthday, someone said something really interesting to me about my purpose. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I think you've kind of, I think you've put a nail on the head. Um, As far as questions, I would say what brings me joy is a constant daily question. What am I going to do today that brings me joy? If I think about the future of running, I think that actually what's going to happen is I think you've got this whole new wave of people who started running during lockdown. So I think it's going to be really interesting. And they haven't run, started running in an era of races or organized events. So I think it's going to be really interesting seeing what energy that new cohort of people bring into the into the field. Um, I think that actually 
maybe people's interest in, you know, the world records and so on and so forth may take a dip because I think the thing about young people, young people aren't running. Run people, young people are riding bikes. So if anything, I think what will happen with running is whereas before it was people just, you know, you asked them what they did, they said, well, I run. Now I think it's going to be a more figure that I run and I box and I do this, you know, and it's this idea of running being part of a bigger exercise circle is something that I think is going to get bigger and bigger. I just want to go back to that question about what brings me joy. And that could mean joy. The word joy, I mean, can mean so many different things to so many different people. It was like happiness or contentment or whatever, specifically for you. Yeah. What does joy look like? Joy for me is seeing someone at mile 21 of a marathon somewhere in the world run past the cheer station and realise these people actually waited here for me and actually now I'm realising that they always believed that I could do this and the moment they look you in the eye and they and you can see that they now realise that they can do it and that moment where you that unspoken moment where you remember how far they've come to get to that point. That's what joy looks like to me. So seeing you 2016 New York marathon come through, I'm just like, yo, that's amazing. Like my man's actually, he's going to, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. <laughs> he's like, he's actually going to do it. It's yeah. kind of, I had no doubt in my mind that at some point the sub three was going to happen. And, f- and following your story from where it began, just like this is amazing this is this is amazing and beautiful and important and the you know the reverberations that this moment is going to cause within our community is going to be massive you know and um you know that's the offline conversation that we will have before because <laughs> people yeah. will be like man it's just turned yeah. into a bro fest they're just bigging each other up but again you know one of the things i think you know um particularly as men it's it's okay to big up your fellow men. In fact, just as people, yeah. it's okay to tell someone, you know, you inspire me, you've done well, you've done good, because we don't we don't hear that often enough. Yeah, you know? I think it's the sign of strength. Really, it's not a weakness to be honest, because you're comfortable in your own self to, yeah. to, to 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 give it to other people, recognize it in other people. Yeah, and I was interested when you talked about joy. Like sometimes people would talk about things about them internally, but I was quite interested in the fact that you talked about. I'm speaking generally about being in service and giving yourself to other people. Yep. Yep. That's my purpose. My purpose is to bring joy into other people's lives and to create opportunities to bring people together. And I'm very happy with that. And, you know, and um, yeah, that's, I get joy from seeing the joy in other people's faces. But, you know, as a DJ, if I go back to my grounding, it's like when you're in the DJ box and, you're playing records to a dance floor, the joy comes from seeing people's reactions and their smiles and their and the happiness that you, you know, that you are partly responsible for creating. But going back to what you said earlier as well about like during this year, a lot of people potentially would looking and think Charlie's all right, so we don't need to ask him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. But everyone needs to be asked like, how they're getting on. Yeah. And uh, bear in mind, like obviously what you said that about the purpose, like that is a solid answer and a sort yeah. of reason but then beyond that i mean like how do you i'm trying to think, think about how to ask this really 
but going back to yourself, I mean, mm. once everyone else is taken care of, yeah. how do you make sure that you're okay? Once I've run past you in New York, yeah. you know, that moment's gone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. you. Well, you, again, this is when you, you take, you know, you have these little life audit moments. Yeah. So for me, you know, if I, if I look at that specific New York moment, it's like, okay, brilliant. We're in New York. It's New York Marathon. How amazing is that? Because I remember when I first started running, we didn't even know what a marathon was. So the fact that you've actually, you're in New York, you're watching the marathon, this cheer station that you, you know, idea that you created has now become a global thing where every marathon race you go to where there's a crew, they've got a massive cheer station and confetti and, you know, sound systems and all this noise popping off. You know, you're like, okay, well, that's a big win. And then the fact that you've actually now, you're seeing people who you only have met on Instagram who have been inspired by you, what you've done, and they're now out there on their mission and they're inspiring you. You're just like, wow, that's amazing. And then one of my big things with Run Them has always been this idea that you cannot be what you can't see. So one of the main reasons why I started running marathons, particularly London, is there used to be these two black twins that used to run the marathon. And I used to see them in the publicity photos and think, man, that's amazing, man. Two black women running a marathon. That's something I never thought I could do. And they're twins. That's wicked. And that was inspiring to me. And I think it's really important when we're talking about kind of particularly inspiring that younger generation, that they see people that they can relate to doing these incredible things. And so I know that I can take you into a school or anywhere and be like, yo, this is, you know, this is Marcus. And when Marcus started running, this is the picture of him when he first started and he ran this time and then he worked and he did this and he did that. That's an inspiring story for people because I can talk to you. I can't talk to Mo and I can't talk to a lot of these elite runners. I, I don't get the chance to speak to them or see them. I just see them on race day, but you're someone I can see on race day and then see on the training day and see in the neighborhood. That's really inspiring for people because it makes people think, you know what? I can do this, you know, because for a long time, it's, you know, for a long time, it's kind of people like you weren't around. I've watched so many marathons over the years. So you see certain of the big marathon characters like, you know, the guy who runs it in the, you know, mankini, you know, the yeah. guy who runs it in his underpants, the juggling waiter, you know, you know, it's like there's all these various different characters that you get to kind of see and know and build relationships with. And there are certain kind of older black people who you see running a marathon, who you give the heads up because you're like, yep, still at it, still doing it. Yep, only one, but I'm still here. And, you know, that's why when I saw you come through, I was like, oh, this is brilliant. There's like new, there's new blood coming through you know who've got that hunger and it's gonna you know and you got you have to support that going back to what you said before i'm talking about myself here like we talk about being weird i almost see myself in that way because i sort of feel like i'm always the guy that runs solo like yeah does my own thing yeah uh, i mean no, i've been i've been right to come down and run with you guys obviously pre-lockdown and other stuff and i've always been like oh i will do but never done it yeah uh, and i was thinking why is that and i'm still trying to figure out why that is but the, the thing is it's like i'm always just my own i just <laughs> kind of like doing my own thing yeah and uh it's just it's, it, this year's been good just to sort of refocus that mm. 
but it's weird like when people like so for example I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here but like sometimes people speak to me and say like uh yeah it's amazing that you're now running faster and stuff like that and i'm always like it's so weird to hear that or <laughs> you think that i'm so much quicker like they can't run with me and i'm like i remember being the guy that was like a lot so and people were saying you're rubbish yeah. you know and i never really lose that that side of me so i always find that really strange so i imagine you must have similar type things in your your experience as well where people are like oh my god charlie uh, uh. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah how yeah, do you yeah. sort of not let that get to your head type thing oh it's, it's you know it's fine I, I i understand it comes with the territory when you see what people are doing particularly for the instagram lens it's kind of you're just getting the yeah. highlight reel so i know that they're just thinking man this guy's out there and he's crushing it and he's every training run is amazing and you know it's but it's not like that at all <laughs> it's like really it's not like that at all and that's okay you know because it's the um it's the realities of life i always say to people it's like be kind to yourself particularly this year we are going through a global pandemic. I, yeah. uh, you know, one thing I want to say is there were lots of people who at the very beginning of lockdown were running these humongous distances, doing these incredible feats. And now you speak to them yeah. and, you know, and they're barely getting out to do a mile. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, I think that is okay. And because I also, I think what a lot of people, well, I call us amateur athletes, is what we don't realise is that we have put in a tremendous amount of work over the years without any of the infrastructures and support teams that the pros have. Yeah. Now, this is the thing when I say to people, it's kind of like, you've got to understand is we managed to take people from running five, five, five and a half, and five and a half hour, six hour marathons and get them into Boston within three, four years yeah. with no knowledge. Just, you know, making it up as you go along. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. and this is one of my biggest gripes when I sit in brand meetings and they're like oh yeah crew guys yeah you guys are like the casual runners I'm like there is nothing <laughs> casual about what the people within my crew are doing or crews yeah. like there is nothing casual there's nothing casual about that and you and I think again it's this kind of idea where it's like oh man you guys went to re eat ramen or went to the pub after your run now you guys aren't serious I'm like yeah got to be pretty serious to be eating what we're eating you know training the way that we're training and still producing the results that we're producing absolutely it's just a lot lots of assumptions really i think so um, many assumptions people think really so and i know you've spoken about that in, in other interviews which i'm yeah. not going to go down yeah. The well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 let's keep it nice and light but yeah there are so many assumptions and it's at the end yeah. of the day it's detrimental to the growth of the movement and that's my yeah. whole thing, you know, because people are always like, oh, Charlie, man, you know, you're always on Insta Live going off on someone. And I'm like, yeah, because this thing transformed my life, transformed the life of the people around me, transformed their lives and the people around them, became a global movement. I've seen the power of what this running thing can do. And I want yeah. to take it to as many people around the globe as possible. But I can't do it by myself. You know, and that's the reason why, you know, when I sit in these meetings, I'm just like, look, you know, particularly in the COVID year, you just got to understand it's like people's mental health is really on knife's edge at the moment. And running can be one of the things that helps you. When we, when we get into the healing phase of bringing the world back together, you know, you know what it's like to run, you know, a race. There's 40,000 people who, who are on the sideline and they're all telling you you're amazing and they all want you to win. It's powerful. Why would you want yeah. to give that? Why wouldn't you want to share that with as many people around the world as possible? I don't understand why you just want to keep it in this little elite bubble for the select few. What are you scared of? 
yeah, it's definitely more to do with them, isn't it? To be honest, but you will never put, really get the problem, the, the real answer. But like you're saying, I, I agree. I think it's about teamwork. It's about community. It's not just for you to be the f- sole focus. It's for everyone to play their part. And I completely agree. One thing I want to ask as well, I've got some questions from the listeners. I'll, oh, I'll nice. put one to you because obviously yeah. I appreciate obviously the time. No, no, it's fine. You can ask, ask away. It's cool. What was the last achievement that you savoured and what's next for you? The last achievement that I savoured was the switching on of Run Them Radio. Because I was kind of, that for me has been an idea, as I said, that we, you know, started brewing as a crew idea around 2012, but actually started brewing in my bedroom in 85. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been, I've been wanting to have my own radio station for a very, very, very long time. And so to see that come together, that was a really big moment for me. Um, what's next for me, 2021? Um, I would like to kind of get back on the marathon journey, although I said I would never do another marathon again. I'd actually want to get back on that journey. I want to spend more time running alone because I rarely get to to run by myself. And I want to kind of get back into the discipline of being able to run by myself. And then um, there's some other you know, bits and pieces for next year. It's really depending on whether, you know, we get to travel again or not. But um, I yeah. think, you know, growing Run Them globally around the world and setting it up in different countries is, is definitely a mission. Yeah, I think there's definitely like a life outside of London. Yeah. Even in the UK, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And even internationally, like you said. Yeah, definitely. And the next question I've been asked as well is, what activity allows you to get lost in time, in flow, and how often do you pursue it? DJing every day, daily. <laughs> it's like that for me is I I could just lose time at home with my record collection in the mix. That's when time just kind of, you know, time doesn't become a factor. And it's something that I do every day. What makes you feel most empowered? Wow. That's a really good one. Um, what makes me feel most empowered? Wow. That's a really good... I'd say definitely de- DJing again makes me feel empowered. You know, I I I started DJing because I felt like I, I didn't have a voice in school as a teenager. And I had an incident where I was DJing and I picked a needle up of the record that was playing and everyone in this room stopped dancing and looked at me. First time in my life that I'd ever felt powerful. And... Yeah, when I'm basically, um, you know, when I'm DJing, particularly when I'm making my radio shows, that that's when I feel really empowered. It's because I feel it's a reminder, you know, I think to get to my age, to still be doing something that you love, to still be being paid for, to do something that you love doing, um, and to actually be able to say to all those people who it's not a viable option, having a job in the music industry is not a viable option. You're not going to make anything yourself. It's very super empowering when you, you know, when you take a record out of a sleeve and you put it on the turntable and, and press play. It's just like a, aha, I told you so. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, you know, I feel empowered when I'm on my yoga mat. I feel empowered, especially empowered when I'm meditating because it's just the, the ability to stop the day and just stop and have some time for yourself. That's very empowering. Yeah. So if anything, yeah, I guess 
I'm most empowered when I feel like I can stop time and take time for myself. That's when I feel most empowered. Yes, yeah, so connecting to yourself and just the importance of that. I think, whereas, like you said, in it's so easy to get sucked into the idea that you need to be doing more yeah. stuff, stuff outside, but then it's just stop like the voice that you spend time listening to the most is your own. So it's just getting attuned to to where that is obviously not losing focus of your loved ones and work and yeah. commitments and things like that yeah it's important to you know to give time to yourself you know otherwise you can't show up for other people my job requires yeah. me to show up for other people you know as a parent you have to show up for other people on the daily you know but if you don't give time to yourself it's hard to you know to have that space yeah it's like being on a plane, isn't it? Obviously, pre-lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to put your mask on first before you put it on your kids. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, God, I can't forget. It's going to be really weird being on planes again. I like. I spent so much of the last five years on planes, and I just, like, I'm like, oh, man, what's it going to be like being on a plane again? That's going to be weird. I know, and I probably should. I don't know if I should say this, but um, I'm gonna say it anyways. But you know, you've got the the, the videos beforehand, or they're yeah. sort of showing you like where the exit. Are. You're like, I know this. I don't yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Now I'm going to be actually looking, looking forward to it, actually paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <the> yeah. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. <laughs> That's wicked. All those little things that you just took for granted that you just didn't, just didn't care about before. There's so many things that we take for granted that now are like, okay, you didn't took me for granted before, and now you're going to have to really pay attention. Yeah, totally. What piece of advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, wow. Right, okay, so peace, advice to my younger self would be, it's going to be okay. Those simple words, it's going to be okay. Um, if we want a kind of more complex answer, I would just say that surround yourself with the people you need to be around, not the people you think you should be around or the people that you want to be around. Surround yourself with the people that you need to be around. I guess that's vice versa as well, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, as much as we need, we also need to give it back to others as well. Yeah. I just think that for many of us, we spend a large amount of time trying to fit into the group that we think we should fit into, as opposed to fitting into the group that we need, that's going to be the most beneficial for us, the, the, the group of people that's going to allow us to grow and thrive the most. So I, I, and I would also say, I, I wish, you know, I think you probably had this as well, but as a parent, you there are suddenly things that, you know, as a parent that you have to take on that suddenly make your own parents' decisions when you were a child more clear, bring more clarity to those. So less rebellion, you know, more understanding of why decisions are being made. Yeah. You know, I think you get so much more respect becoming a parent yourself and then you, you just sort of see like you don't have all the answers and the same as your parents didn't have all the answers. Yeah, yeah. And I think the point as well about, you know, being with other people is is such an important point as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we a lot of us, we, we end up in relationships with people and partners that are not necessarily the right ones for us, but we think they are or we want them to be. Yeah. When actually, you know, it's, you know, if we were a bit more conscious about kind of, you know, whose energy we allowed into our lives, we'd actually be, you know, thrive more as people. 
Yeah, hundred percent. What is one non-negotiable behavior, habit, or superstition that you do daily? Bar obviously what you've mentioned, obviously about DJing or <laughs> yoga, yoga. We've got to drink at least. We've got to start the day with a glass of water. That's non-negotiable. Okay. Um, that's, yeah. that's the first one because usually some people say to me it's, it's either team coffee, team orange juice, but you're the first team water. Team water, <laughs> team water could be hot water with lemon or cold water, but that's the start of the day. I look forward to that. My first glass of water of the day. I think as well, like it's like a time for yourself as well, isn't it? You know, yeah, yeah, to sort of to start the day off on the, on the right foot. Yeah, but I guess my um, yeah, always work with nice people. <laughs> don't work with people who are not nice <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i mean yeah that, that that's 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 the the golden bullet isn't it sometimes good vibes <laughs> good vibes only you know there is just some people yeah. it's like i love what they do but i can't work with them because the energy that they bring so you know but i guess the good thing as well this year as well like you you've got that separation from people as well <laughs> yeah that's been, a good point yeah that's that been helps. really good yeah i don't have to see you <laughs> The Zoom call, or just like yeah, just turn the Zoom call off. It's like okay, that's done. So we uh, move forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, I, no, I sort of you know I don't want to sort of make it seem like we're anti people because we're not. So uh, but I, no, I not, not not at all. But I I think you know what's the weird thing from myself is you go from being alone to finding it really hard to make friends to find it really hard to you know have this extended family. And then Instagram comes along and then suddenly you've got this massive, you know, um, awareness of what you do around the world. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of like you have to be careful what you wish for because it can be social media can be and having a social media presence can be overwhelming at times. You know, especially when it's kind of you're in this position where people see you as a leader or an inspirational figure and they're looking for you for advice, you know, or guidance or leadership, but you're actually looking for that yourself because the 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 events of the year are affecting you too. You know? I've been listening to what you've just said actually kind of the beginning part I can definitely relate to because I'm definitely more of that sort of quiet person. Yeah. And then being on social is like almost the opposite of my natural personality. <laughs> I'm not the person <laughs> yeah, in the party that would be like, you know, people around me would yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy in the corner just kind of well, my my drink just trying to keep on the DL. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. But you know, I think some, as again, it's the one thing I've realised is, as a child, you can make a lot of kind of dreams and aspirations in your bedroom, then they start coming to life, and you don't realise they've come to life, or you kind of now don't want that. But actually, you know, if I look at kind of my original mission with Run Them, which is I love running, it's really beneficial it can help people. So actually the social is important because it allows me to take the message and connect with people who I can't physically see. So yeah. therefore, you know, on the days when I am beating myself up and being like, ah, oh, I don't want to post on Instagram today. I just want to disappear. Or, you know, I don't really have an opinion on that. I've got nothing to say. Actually what I realize is like, you know what, Charlie, you've got to show up. You can't just yeah. turn on and off when you want to be a leader, when you don't want to be a leader. So the people then yeah. need to hear from you, so go and speak to them. Yeah, it's amazing to to hear that, and it's so there's things that you go into, and it's just you are naturally as well, and yeah. just trying to make yeah make the best of the, the current situation. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not easy. And we've spoken about social media. It's something I've been thinking about recently. You know, sometimes people sort of say, you know, 
social media it's like people only show their highlight reels and mm-hmm. it's only a certain aspect of the person and up to in a point i think that is true because sometimes people do wear masks and that might actually be their reality do you know what i mean that they want to show yeah but then the other side i'm thinking you can get sucked into the kind of like the oversharing which i yep. see sometimes yep. people showing too much yeah i think sometimes actually the people like want to keep stuff on the dl so i mean it's like well actually we, we, we're made to feel bad for not oversharing i mean what's your sort of position on that kind of thing well, not position but your thoughts on yeah i mean i mask and sharing and too much i i definitely feel that you know it's almost like trauma porn so it's you know there are people who definitely kind of they overshare because you know that oversharing basically you know brings the likes but the thing about social media is, you know, the, the whole thing is designed to basically make you want to use it and to use it in a certain way. If I even look at my own, you know, if I look at my own presence in social media over the year, you know, there's a post where, you know, that I put up during the BLM movement where one night I was kind of watching something on the news and it all just became too much. I, did, I you know, but I was crying, got really emotional, called it a video, put it up on 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 the Insta, went to bed, woke up in the morning. 22,000 likes. I mean, it's like it's reshared. It's like the biggest post that I've ever had, <laughs> you know, gained a ton of, you know, of new followers and stuff. And actually what I realized is kind of, yeah, people want to see that, you know, they want to see that, that vulnerability. And there's kind of, there's almost like a kudos in that vulnerability amongst certain people. Um, and again, I, I just think that actually it's only natural that you're going to go through phases where you are oversharing and then fa- phases where you're being very guarded. And that, again, that's OK. You know, it's kind of I think when it becomes unmanageable. And then it becomes like a stress and it's causing more stress and burden to you. And that's when you have to really watch it. It's kind of, you know, obviously someone who works with young people, it's, you know, we often hear from young people are like, oh, well, I can't go to school today because I put a picture up of myself in the morning and not enough people liked it. So now I think I'm unpopular. And, you know, Instagram is very much is a bit like a popularity contest in the playground. You know, so, um, but it has its, you know, plus factors. You know, there's definitely some, it's allowed me to connect with people and build relationships with people who I would never have been able to if it wasn't, if it didn't exist it's allowed the running crew message to spread globally in a way that would never have happened if that platform wasn't around. So, you know, I take it for what it, you know, what it is, but I think eventually what's going to happen is Instagram will start paying people to be on it. Is what I feel. I feel for the bigger influencers, they're going to actually have to get to a point where they're going to start paying people to be on it, to start using it. You know, I was, um, it's funny. I was talking to my daughter on the weekend, been trying to get hold of my daughter all weekend. WhatsApp, 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 WhatsApp absolutely blanking me off finally catch up with her yo what's going on and daddy's been trying to get hold of you for three days on whatsapp and look she gave me was like whatsapp i don't use whatsapp i use pigeon and i was like oh uh, okay you know (laughs) i suddenly felt like really out of touch i was like pigeon there's yet another messaging service that i don't know about so you know it's kind of as someone who grew up in a time when you didn't have Facebook and you there were only three TV channels and yeah. you know you didn't have Deliveroo and all of this stuff, I just look at it now as like you know what this is like fun, and you can use it to have fun with, or you can allow it to take over your life. So again, what I say to people, balance. 
But I think vulnerability, if you are a kind of fitness influencer, I always say to people is choose the fitness influencers that you follow wisely because there's a tremendous amount of smoke and mirrors going on. And actually, I probably gravitate more towards people who who are not afraid to show their vulnerability than I do towards people who are, you know, where it's A1 performance 24-7, because I don't believe it. You know, yeah, I don't believe it. I've had too many of those situations where you go to, like, the fitness event to meet the kind of super amazing fitness person, and then you go out on the run, and, you know, you're 10 minutes you're catfished. In, Yeah, 10 <laughs> minutes in, and they're like, I can't go on, I can't. I'm like, hold on a minute, but you're supposed to be, like, the super cardio king. What's going on? You know, and, and so, um, yeah. So, all right. So we should cancel that run for tomorrow then. Yeah, yeah. I, bruv, I can't keep up with you now. I can't keep up with you. You know, I'm just gonna buy myself a, a, a whistle and um, a little board, and then I can just shout at you from the sidelines. But you know, in yeah. my long coat at the stadium. But I, you know, I can't. I can't. Um, you know, it's not even close anymore. <laughs> and, you know, and that's a you know, and that's a great thing. You know, I love that. Yeah. I love when kids who come for their first run and run them and they can't even get to the lamppost at the end of the street. And then a year and a half later, you know, it's like they're running with the elites and they're just kind of like, yeah. I'm dying and they're just chatting to me like it's nothing. Like, I love that. It's brilliant. You know, that's that's what, that's it's part, it's part of it. And I think one thing I will say to people as well is my passing thing is just because you run doesn't mean that you have to do that forever. And just because you were running at a certain level doesn't mean that you have to continue that forever. And I think at some point, you know, some of us, you know, need to realise it's like, you're actually not going to get any quicker now. So enjoy it. So enjoy the period of time that you're in. Because I think that, you know, I've definitely seen the peaks and troughs and the mental issues that people have when they reach that point where they can't, you know, the the numbers aren't just easily rolling off anymore and it starts to weigh on the mind you know who am i who am i if i can't pb in my next race and actually it's okay to just be like you're the same person man just keep on going just enjoy the run yeah you know it's kind of um one thing i like about new york marathon when you go and watch it is you see you know particularly from the crew culture i see people who are kind of like they're free 10 305 runners and they're really happy with that and they're chilling you know and they come through the in you know for the training for the cheer zone and it's all really relaxed and chilled and you know when you have conversations with them like yo man you came through looking so relaxed you know if you really you know kind of you know ramped up the you know the burners that sub three could happen for you and they're just like no man i'm good and that was a really big lesson for me to be like you know there have been various people who've come for the crew but who've shown like tremendous potential and they've kind of just got to a point and they've chilled out and you're like what man but if you know you gotta come track and they're like no man i'm good you know i'm good with where i am and that's okay you know but you unfortunately marcus have to keep pushing for the 245 you know so (laughs) your mission is not done yet <laughs> at some point, the, the, there will be no marathon marker. It'll just be Marcus. Just be Marcus. <laughs> Marcus, who formerly ran marathons. <laughs> yeah, just do something else. So, yeah, you, you've got the other things as well. Well, you know, everything. The photography. We're still waiting yeah. for the marathon Marcus running photography workshop, 
And if people who don't know, know about that years ago, and I've still not done it. <laughs> done it. I'm just like, dude, it's like this guy was smashing the the photos at one point. I was just like, wow, man, this guy, like, how's he doing it? We all were sitting there running, being like, how's this guy doing it? We need to get this yeah. guy in. Like, how's he doing it? Do you know those things though? I'm guilty as well. Like sometimes, like someone puts an idea and you just, you think it, you overthink it, and it dies while you're sitting on the couch, and then you do something else. You're like, you know, but I should really do that. Well, yeah, I so. think one of the things, particularly in a year like this year, everyone loves a great running photo of themselves because it's inspiring yeah. to see a picture of yourself doing something that you formerly thought was impossible and looking good doing it. Yeah, and most people don't know how to take a great running photo of themselves. But there are these certain individuals like yourself who've kind of managed to crack, you know, work out a technique. And the reason why I'm always encouraging of those people to share how they're doing it is for the people who are hard to reach, that's the content that they need to see. Yeah. You know, they need to see that, yo, you know what, you can just go out with a run of your phone, pop up on the side, blah, 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 blah. And then you've got this amazing running pitch because it's inspiring for people who don't run. That's the thing. Yeah, you know, and it's always really weird that the people who are the greatest at taking running pictures of themselves running always the shyest people. <laughs> you, know, just, you know what I mean? All of you guys are just like, yeah, man, but you know, it's like I don't really, no, no, I can't really do that, you know. And I just think it's a really important thing, particularly in a year like this year when so many people have been running by themselves. Yeah, you know, running people are spoiled. They come down to run them, they get home, and there's like two hundred pictures they can select from. You know, just flying around in a hard drive but if you've been running by yourself and you want to know well how do i look what do i do we need marathon mark we need the marathon marcus mindful you know taking pictures of yourself workshop yeah it's funny when i hear it back marathon marcus obviously it's one of those things that you write down at the start of your instagram thing then when you hear it out loud it always sounds weird so i never <laughs> refer to myself as that so i mean or <laughs> someone says to you, "Are you the marathon Marcus?" You know, it's a weird one. Do you say yes or no? You can't be like no. Yeah, They're like, yeah. "You look like the guy in the photos." <laughs> we don't want to be like, "Yes, I refer to someone as that." Like, no, it's Marcus. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, but I think everyone loves a superhero, you know. Yeah. And for some people, we are their superheroes. And so, actually, yeah. you know, and and as I always say to people, it's like. People have to understand how far we've come in the last 15 years with this, with this whole running renaissance and yeah. actually how inspiring it's been to see these people come out of the woodwork and do these incredible things. You know, so if I walk into a room and people are like, oh my God, it's Charlie Dark running through. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Cool. Wicked. Brilliant. Because that's one more person who maybe might be inspired by the conversation we have and then go and tell someone in their family who doesn't run, who doesn't move. And, you know, injecting exercise into their life might actually prolong their life, you know. So, so yeah, man, you know what I mean? Be the superhero marathon, Marcus. I want to see your own logo. I want to be running with an M on your chest like Superman, you know, the cape behind you and all of that. (laughs) The cape might be one step too far. I don't think my wife would allow that. She might allow the M, though. Well, well, surely you must be, you can be, you can qualify as one of the, you probably get a Guinness Book of Records now if you dressed up in a costume and ran a sub three. Ooh. You know, I'd have to look into it. See, that's another, another, Ooh. a little bit of knowledge to drop in there to think about the money for charity you could raise. Yeah, yeah, I think the two forty-five is definitely the game. But yeah, doing that whilst something else that could be an amazing, amazing thing. 
Yeah. Anyhow, I feel like I could chat to you for ages and I'm mindful of your time as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's been great talking to you. Where can people uh, follow you or uh, follow the crew online? Okay, cool. So you can catch the line, the crew on Instagram um, at run.dem.crew. You can catch the radio station at www.runningradio.com. Charlie Dark, you can find me at Daddy Dark RDC. Um, I'm on Twitter as well, but I rarely use it. Instagram is where you find me. That's where I'm hanging out. It's been a, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Charlie. It Thanks for being man. a guest on the Runners Live podcast. No, I feel very honoured. Serena, probably like maybe now the slowest one you've had on. <laughs> so I'm like, Serena, but no, no it's, it's been a, you know, I, I once again thank you so much for having me on and for allowing people to go on this journey with you. It's been really fascinating and inspiring to watch. And, um, you know, I wish you all the best with your future endeavours and we need you. So um, keep your head up and um, keep shining bright, Marcus. And the same applies to you, my friend. Thank you. Nice one, man. Cool. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Runner's Life. If you found value in this episode and you want to support the show, please share with your community, post on your social media channels and encourage them to listen and subscribe. If you want to support my work directly, you can become a member on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash a runner's life. If you want to get updates on the podcast or you want to see what I'm up to, you can follow me on Instagram at a runner's life underscore podcast and at the marathon markers. Your time is valuable. So thank you for spending your time listening to this episode of a runner's life podcast.